Hey, how you doing, kid? Oh, uh, hi, hi there. It's me, not Babe Ruth. Yeah. I'm called the Whammo. Like the air pistol? What? Nothing, never hey, mind. Hey, I hear you got a really great arm, kid. Yeah, that's right. My name is Roy Hobbs. I'm I'm from someplace in the Midwest. Hey, great. Hey, you strike me out, and um, there's nothing you win other than kids loving you or something. You want to okay. do that? You want to strike out the old whammo? Yeah, I, I think I can strike you out in three straight pitches. Okay, that works for me. Hey, you want some of this? <laughs> it's vodka and cow urine. I drink it all the time. No, I'd better not. I need nose to keep, candy? I need to keep my eyesight I don't even sharp know what it is. I found this bag at the carny. Shut up. I'm famous. Hey, you, you want my psychotic girlfriend? She only shoots you once. That's okay. I think I'm just going to go back to my seat. Hey, I got your seat right here. Oh, whammer. Boy, you sure are disillusioning Whammo. me a lot. Whammo. That's it. I called you by your name from the movie instead of your name from the bit. What? Nothing. Wonder Boy. Put that on there. I wanted it to be a very special battle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is corny. Yeah, it is a little, sure. Well, maybe good. Yeah, that's corny right. Corny and good. It corny depends. and good. Do you like baseball a little bit too much? <laughs> then you probably own the movie. You're probably going to like it. <laughs> you have it on VHS and DVD and Blu-ray, and you don't let your kids touch it. Nope. You're like, get away from my copy of this movie. Don't even look or at it. Bust your hands, and you're going back into the garage again. I'm sorry, Daddy. And I, you know, there are three movies you don't touch. This one, Barbarella, and Groucho Goes West. Those are the... Th- I don't even know if that last one is even a fucking movie. It should be. Don't care. It should, should be. Should it? Yeah, I mean, well, why wouldn't you want to see the adventures of Groucho going west? Mm-hmm. What classic baseball cult movie are we going to be reviewing this time around, Steve? Oh, boy. We are going to be reviewing that classic baseball cult movie from 1984, although it seems like it should be older than that. Mm. The Natural. Yay! Dun, 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 dun. We made our listeners suffer through another baseball film. Yeah. Do the, everyone else loves basketball. Why aren't we doing basketball movies, Steve? Because baseball's better than basketball. And also, I can only name one good basketball movie. Maybe two. That's true. There aren't that many. Basketball's hard to film, man, and make it compelling. Because it's always action. Yeah. Things are always moving back and forth. There's no... Barely any timeouts. These kids, they need to learn to slow down. Did you just start a sentence with these kids? Let the drama build. It's always movement, action. You need to give it a chance to breathe. How can you get any shots in the golden hour when all basketball is played inside a a closed stadium? that's, That's another thing. I would watch, you know what, I would watch basketball more if it was open air and they had to play in the rain and snow. I think it should always be played on a field, like mm-hmm. a grassy field with rocks. How would the basketball bounce? Erratically, unpredictably. Think how much more interesting the game would be. Okay, that that okay that that works. Um, instead of like on a wood, because it needs to be because the basketball needs to bounce. It wouldn't bounce. It would just go boom and then just lay on the ground. You well, no, have you see basketball. You would have to bounce it really hard. <laughs> okay. 
It bounces. Look, I we played basketball. I had a basketball when I was a kid. I would bounce it in the grass. You just have to bounce it really hard to get the Did rebound. Did you miss the point of basketball? You ran out to the grass to go play it? Yeah, they, play it I, every, time, every time I'd be playing basketball with my friends, any time I got the ball, I would immediately just run to the nearest <laughs> patch of grass. They'd scream traveling, and you'd be like, I don't know what that is. They kept saying I didn't understand the game, but I feel mm-hmm. like I did. You didn't. It's okay. It's all right. You loved baseball. Yeah, which is played on the grass. Yes, because you don't have to bounce the baseball. It's not a bouncy b- ball sport. With a much smaller ball, by the way. No challenge involved whatsoever in hitting a basketball with a bat. You don't... I mean, it's... How can you miss it? It's huge. Okay, I just pictured you grabbing the basketball, running to the nearest past patch of grass, trying to bounce it once, and then picking up a bat and hitting the basketball as far away as possible while the other dumbfounded kids on the basketball court just stared. There he goes again. He's going to come back with that stuffed animal, I'm telling you right now. And then he's going to make us watch some French New Age film. Yep. I didn't know... This is me at age 13. You've described it perfectly. Ta-da! I have predictive backwards powers. (laughs) So what movie is it? It's The Natural. The Natural. Starring Robert Radford. Robert Robert Mary Craftsman. Robert (laughs) Rembrandt. Robert Rembrandt. Roger Roro. Roger Rembrandt. (laughs) Hey, Steve. Yes, my friend. Do you have any trivia for The Natural? As a matter of fact, I do. I'd be angry if you didn't. I So would I, because this is my bit. This is your thing. This is your bread and butter. This is your wheelhouse. This Go is, for it, my friend. Oh, I got some trivia about this movie. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. You either got drunk or really sad. But it's okay. both. A little bit of both. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. <laughs> So, of course, there's a famous scene in the movie where Roy Hobbs hits a home run into the scoreboard and it hits the clock and it shatters the clock, right? Yeah, that's at Chicago, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Playing the Cubbies. So, yeah. uh, allegedly at Chicago. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, and this was inspired by something that actually happened. Um, like much of this movie. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, like much of this movie. But in, in 1946, uh, Boston Braves second baseman Bama Rowell knocked a homer into the clock, not at Wrigley Field, but at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. shattering the glass. And that clock had been installed as an advertisement by Bulova, the famous watchmaking company. And Bul- sure. And Bulova had said, if anybody can hit a home run into this clock, that player will get a free bull of a watch wow um, yeah i know right so uh bama rowell hits a home run into the bull of a clock at ebbets field shatters the glass sure he did get his free watch mm-hmm. but the catch is he didn't get it for 41 years I couldn't figure out, I couldn't find a, a reason as to why Bulova made him wait 41 years, but he hit the home run in 1946. He didn't actually sure. get the watch until 1987. Okay. So actually, so, so 31 years, but still it's, no, no, 41 years. Yeah, that's, my, 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 my initial math was correct. Hey, um, Steve, we transitioned out of trivia about the movie into trivia about baseball. Yeah, but you know, it, the what? trivia about the movie is that it was based on this thing that actually I, happened. I don't care if this guy got his watch or not. I honestly don't. Do you think, do you think that the real guy like saw that in the movie and immediately like got his lawyer on the phone and was like, get Bulova on the phone. They used it in a movie and I still haven't got the goddamn watch. Right. 
more than likely he said, What time is my medicine? What is this? Who are you? Don't touch me. Where am I? I don't Oops, like baseball. I pooped them again. I pooped them again. Where are my children? Here's your watch. What? What? What's a watch? He puts it on anyway. upside down. <laughs> he puts it around his head, forehead. Yay! I have a headband. I'm, I'm time man now. <laughs> Take me back to when I was young. Doopity doo. I played baseball. <laughs> <laughs> he walks by some people at the home watching a ball game on TV and he's like, what the fuck is that? What is that stick and ball game you guys are playing? It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh-uh. Racquetball. That's a sport. That's a man's game. I was called king of racquetball. I got a crown and everything. Stop it. Stop pushing me into the other room. <laughs> played for the Boston Rackets. <laughs> Please tell me you have more trivia. I have more that. trivia. Yes, I have Great. more trivia. This is actually one that I appreciate. You probably won't appreciate it so much. We'll see. But that's okay. Some of these are just for me. Of course. Um, so uh, Roy repeatedly declares in the movie that he wants to be remembered as the best there ever was. That's right. Right? He says he wants to be walking down the street one day and people see him and they say, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was. He says it once. He says it. He I think he says constantly it, he say says it twice. He says it twice. He says it twice. He says, he says it once. He says it twice. But um but anyway. He says does it, it repeat it? Yeah, he says it to, he says it to Iris in the hospital closer to the end and then doesn't he say yes. it, he says it on on the train I think to Barbara Hershey before she before she before she shoots him. Before she attempts to murder him. Um but anyway, uh, one, oh, no, she asks him. That's what. Well, but he he says it to her first on the train, and okay. then when he goes and see where. Okay, anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Anyway, he's like, I won't be the best there was. Yeah, and the best uh, of any. However, the Pokemon song goes. Dun 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 dun. I'm Ray Hobbs, and I'm real great. <laughs> That's that's his theme song. That's right. That's what he hears in his head when he's at bat. Well, I mean, that was the theme song of the Saturday morning cartoon spinoff of the movie, <laughs> which I always enjoyed. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was terrific. Roy Hobbs Pokemon. <laughs> Except instead of a Pokeball, it's baseballs. Sure. Yeah. And instead and of... they split open and the ghosts of past players come out of them and then they fight. <laughs> the ghost of Babe Ruth comes staggering out. Right. He walks around in this, in this Poke world. <laughs> And, and a little miniature, Babe Ruth, who drinks. <laughs> of course. If you're going to have a mini Babe Ruth, do it right. Mm-hmm. God the damn power it. move for the Babe Ruth one was to fuck the other baseball Pokemon player. <laughs> That's our Babe. There you go. The kids are back into baseball again. Hey. What is the trivia thing just okay. for you? The trivia, the trivia is that, that that line from Roy saying that he wants to be the best there ever was actually inspired one of my favorite pro wrestlers, uh, Bret Hart, to come up with his signature catchphrase. Because people who are old school wrestling fans who remember Bret Hart from the 80s and the 90s know that he always referred to himself as the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. And he was inspired to create that catchphrase by watching The Natural. So there you go. Next. I'm just, okay. I'm not saying anything. I'm just waiting for you to react. I'm not saying anything. Okay, okay. A That's really not trivia. That's, 
It's not trivia about the movie. It's not. It's just someone said a thing in this movie, and another guy said it. Something completely unrelated, and and that works great. Okay, but just next, but, next but, but but don't you remember the comedy gold that we got from riffing? On, remember the Pokemon stuff that you were just? I mean, that was gold, and you never would I try have to said blank that. My memory every yeah. minute and a half, Donnie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Um. Robert Redford went to high school with Don Drysdale. Okay. That's Is, nice. Isn't that neat? And then he made this it's baseball neat. movie? Sure. Okay. It's not about the movie, but you know. Robert Redford is Robert in the Redford movie. Was, is in the movie. Okay, here's and one. He went to high school yes. with a guy that played baseball. Yeah, and it, so it all fits together. Mm, now it okay. all makes sense. Sure, it does. Okay. This what? movie, hey, I have some trivia. This movie is about baseball, yeah. and I like baseball. You see how that's working? That's why. And you know what? I like baseball too, and I think that might be part. Part of the reason I like the movie. Oh, okay. Anyway, last bit of trivia. Okay. So in 2001, the sports journalist Bill Simmons wrote up an estimate for Roy Hobbs's offensive numbers for the season depicted in the film. I have no okay. I, I have no idea how he did this, how he came up with some of these numbers, <laughs> but okay. but his best guess as to the if this had been a real season, Roy Hobbs's numbers for the end of the season shown in the natural would be 115 games played, mm-hmm. 400 at bats, okay, 92 runs, All right. 140 hits, okay, 44 home runs, yeah, 106 RBI, mm-hmm. 350 batting average, okay, 85 strikeouts and 70 five walks okay that's a pretty good season that's a pretty good season it's a pretty good season yeah but again yeah. i i have no idea how he arrived like how does he get 85 strikeouts and 75 walks i don't know mm-hmm. do we see roy take a walk at any point in the in the movie does he draw a no, single walk I think, on screen you know but... you know what you do you take what what information you have available to you there are people who love the the statistical part of baseball oh absolutely and so they like to extrapolate a season based on that he could do it based on the bare minimum information that was provided in the in it and he says well if he's had this many then he's had to have had this many walks right because Roy wouldn't just swing at anything and hit a right. hit a home run so he'd have an eye for which ones are a ball and which ones are a strike and all this stuff so he played the averages and um I'm fine with it I don't care oh, yeah, I, I, I don't I think it's I neat like I just I wonder I, I I wonder you know where he got his numbers but I, I do think it's neat you know yeah sure he could sure. I mean he could have just made it the fuck up for all I care hey Steve here's some trivia yeah is is the natural based on a on a real person? Not exactly. <laughs> Do you want to know how many people think it is a real thing that happened? Probably a depressingly large number of people. Enough for when you type in the natural into Google, the very first thing that comes up is is the natural a real thing? <laughs> wow, yeah, that's mm. You know, when you said something in oldie timeies, people just make the natural assumption that I guess it really happened. And I I don't understand that. Just because you set your movie in the yeah. 1930s doesn't mean it actually took place. Yeah. You type in Casablanca and it says Casablanca based on real events. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a made-up movie story. Yeah, but I mean, World War II was real. Yes. Yes, World War II was real. There is a place called Casablanca. Nazis were a thing. So, so you're saying? So now you're saying the movie is true? I'm confused. No, no, no. Either it's either it happened or it didn't. Like what? Jeez. One day I'm gonna go to Tatooine. I'm gonna get away from all this weirdness. Oh, oh, buddy. I'm gonna oh, get a no. droid and I'm gonna buy a moisture farm and I'm gonna be happy. 
Actually, I take that back. It would be someone says, and then one of these days I'm going to go to Pandora and I'm going to live with Navi and everything's going to be fine. Oh, God. They're simple people and I respect them. I wish that everybody who would do that could do that. <laughs> Just launch themselves into space. Yeah, go live on Pandora. Out of all the out of all the sci-fi fantasy you could choose to live in. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I, I wish you nothing but the best. Go ahead. All right, you done with I'm your done. Trivia? That's all my trivia. With your quote unquote trivia, wow, you know, had nothing about the baseball field that they used in it. They sh- they sh- they they shot on a couple of minor league fields in upstate New York. And are those fields still in existence? I have no idea. I don't know. No, probably not. In fact, the one that they shot at the most was torn down the next year. I think Robert Redford tore it down with his own hands. Personally, yeah, yeah he just kept hitting home runs into it and it fell apart. <laughs> well, then eventually he just started taking a bat to it. You know, he just <laughs> ran out to the outfield fence and just started hacking away. <laughs> all right, this is my turn. Yeah. Can I do the thing? Yeah. Okay, here's all the people that made it. It was directed by Barry Levinson, and he's directed movies like Diner and Good Morning Vietnam and Rain Man and some stuff set, what was it, Avalon? Remember Avalon? I do remember Avalon. Yeah, I don't think anyone else does. Uh. Screenplay by Roger Town. Who is he the brother of? I believe he is the brother of Robert Town. That's right, and there's nothing else that I could find about him. He has a that famous brother. Uh-huh. <laughs> also by Phil Dusenberry. And here's a funny thing. All I could find out about him is that he was an advertising executive. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh, how did these two write this script? I Yeah, that's a great question. Because the script is good. Sure.-ish. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little heavy-handed. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But since you're constructing some fucking Greek myth about baseball, I would expect it to be a little yeah. heavy-handed, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was based on The Natural by Bernard Malamud. Malamud. Produced by Mark Johnson, who also produced Rain Man and Donnie Brasco and all of those Narnia movies. So now you know who to send letters to. Starring Robert Redford as Roy Hobbs. And you know Robert Redford. He was in all in all the President's Men and uh, one of them Marvel movies and... Uh, Sneakers. Anyone remember Sneakers? No. Um, and also, what else has he been in? Wasn't he... Oh, he didn't actually... He wasn't actually on screen, but isn't he the president in HBO's Watchmen? I don't remember. I remember. I don't so. Well, what was he the president in? There was some kind of thing, like, recently where he was like... president he was, It was like President Robert Redford. I think it was HBO's Watchmen. Anyway. Okay, whatever. Anyway, you, he's he's handsome. He's so handsome. Well, he's less handsome now. Well, yeah. But, I mean, he was very handsome at a time. Uh, Paul Sullivan Jr. is young Roy Hobbs. Nothing. Robert Duvall is ah. Max Mercy. And you know him from the great Santini and Godfather and Space Cowboy. Wait, was he in Space Cowboys? Was he in Space no, Cowboys? I don't think he was. No, he wasn't. He was in Deep Impact. I bet he turned that uh, down. <laughs> he turned down Space Cowboys? <laughs> Sorry, Clint. I'm not doing that. Um, but he's a fantastic actor. He was a good get for this movie, huh? Oh, boy, yeah. He takes what could easily have been just kind of a nothing character. Character. A sleazeball. Yeah, yeah. Glenn Close is Iris Gaines, and she was in um, that movie where she was crazy. 
Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction and uh, World According to Garp. And uh, she's been in that those one, 101 Dalmatian movies. And what else? That's it. I'm doing three. Fuck it. <laughs> and a bunch Fuck of others. You know, it's Glenn Close. You know who she is. Come on. Rachel Hall is young Iris. Nothing. Kim Bassinger or Basinger. I don't know. As Memo Paris. Oh, guys, maybe you should have thought more about her name. That doesn't make Memo Paris is not a name. What is Memo short for, Steve? Mem- memoria? Whatever. I don't know. You know Kim Bassinger, she was like the hottest sex symbol in all the 1980s. And she's been in L.A. Confidential and Nine and a Half Weeks and this movie. I don't know. And Batman. Wilford Brimley is Pop Uh, Fisher. And you know him from The Thing and Cocoon and a billion other movies. And Next of Kin, where he shoots guys with a bow and arrow and rides around on a goddamn horse. Yeah. This is the greatest thing in that piece of shit movie, (sighs) Wilford Brimley. Remember when Wilford Brimley had a film career? That's right. Instead of being dead, which is what he is. Well, yeah, the, the, the being dead has definitely hampered his career prospects. Sure. Of late. Barbara Hershey is Harriet Bird, and she's been in Hannah and Her Sisters, and she played the mom in Black Swan, and she's been in tons of stuff. Robert Prosky as the judge, one of my favorite character actors, and you've seen him in Christine and Broadcast News, and he was the priest in Ru- Rudy, and he's done TV, and he was the, the Dracula guy who wants to be a news reporter in Gremlins 2. He's great. He's great. Richard Farnersworth, another one of my favorite Absolutely. actors. Yep. As uh, Red... Uh, what's his last name? Blow. Blow? Yeah, Red Blow. And you know him as Joshua, or Uncle Joshua, and Anne of Green Gables. And he was in The Gray Fox, which is a movie I recommended a long time ago. And you haven't seen it. What are you waiting around for? It's been six goddamn years. <laughs> and also The Straight Story. Joe Don Baker as the only person who should have ever played Babe Ruth, oh, and they've boy. never done it. You ain't Explain kidding. Explain that to me, Steve. You, you watch him in this movie as a Babe Ruth alo- you know, a- analog. Yeah. Analog, a- yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it's really stunning. It's like, how could anybody? Because Joe Don Baker, especially in the 70s, he was kind of a movie star. He had a hot he period He was kind there. of a movie star. He was and pretty he's, good. And, and he's not a bad and, actor. I mean, he's done some lousy movies, but he's not a bad actor. And it's like... No, he's how, not. How could anybody have not looked at this dude immediately and thought, we got to make a Babe Ruth movie with this guy? Yeah, he's exactly. Perfect. Because he could totally play him because he did in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, we got to cast John Goodman. Well, what's his qualification? He's fat. Okay. Okay, but, there was more to Babe Ruth. You know, Babe Ruth <laughs> wasn't be... even that fat. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got, I mean, towards the end of his career, he was kind of out of shape. Yeah. But, I mean, he wasn't... John Goodman when he was really big fat. I mean, now everybody why? knows Babe Ruth, the fat baseball player. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, do it. You're, I, it seems like you're going to do it no matter what I say. So just go ahead, just do it. <laughs> He's so good as the not Babe Ruth, but he plays the whammer. Yeah. Uh, Darren McGavin as uncredited in this movie. Darren was added on very late, 
And uh, some people said that he was added on so late that they kind of just, instead of being put up there as one of the lead characters with everybody else, he was kind of thrown in on the credits at the very end. And he said, I'd rather just not be credited. Yeah. And so he went uncredited. Because he's that much him. of a badass. He's the old man from, from Christmas Story. Yep. And he's Kolshak, the Night Stalker forever. <laughs> That's right. And Michael Madsen as Bump Bailey. Holy shit, how old is he in this movie? Oh, like We're like 12? Yeah. <laughs> You know him from Private Ryan and Reservoir Dogs and ruining his own career. Um, he's also a poet, and he's also done a lot of charity work. He's a, he's a good guy. I hope he comes back. He's such a good goddamn actor. Absolutely. Oh, you know what? He wasn't in Saving. You know who I'm mixing him up with? You know what I'm... Okay, Michael Madsen was in Reservoir Dogs. Yes, that's right. But it was the other guy that was in Saving Private Ryan. It's not Michael Madsen. It's... Uh, Oh, shit, I can't remember his name now. But it's not Michael Madsen, so don't... Everyone go back and blank your memories about what I said. <laughs> if only this was pre-recorded. Yeah. Michael Madsen, who would have been in Pulp Fiction, but didn't. He took. He turned down the part. He said, this movie isn't going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Cinematography by Caleb Deschanel. And uh, he's he did he shot Being There and The Right Stuff and Lion King. Hey, you want to hear about nepotism? I would love to hear all about nepotism. Okay. So, you know who played um, John Glenn's wife in The Right Stuff? Who played John Glenn's wife in The Right Stuff? His wife, something something Deschanel. No shit. Hey, do you know do you know who one of their kids are? I'm gonna guess. Zoe, Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel. Yeah, it's I was which one? And also her sister was the lead lady, I don't remember what her name is in Bones. Yes. That hit TV show? Yes, and she was also the the receptionist that Peter Parker delivers pizza too late in Spider-Man 2. Oh, what a career. I know. Edited by Stu Linder and he basically edited all of Barry Levinson's films. And also Catch 22 and a few others is fine. Okay, music by... Did this surprise you, Steve? When I first learned it, it did, yeah. I was like, that Randy yeah, Newman? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Randy Newman, you know him. He sings all those songs in all the Toy Story movies. And and, uh, and he loves L.A. And, and he, he loves L.A. And, and he has some controversial theories as to the, and he hates as short to the utility of short people, yes. And, uh, he, you know, he has, usually you can hear him in his songs. Right. Right. Whether it's instrumental or not. I had no idea this was him. Nope. Because this theme has been used so many times <laughs> as like the, this is the baseball theme. This is it. Oh, absolutely. When you, th- because it's used, it's used to punctuate some things in the movie that can make you cry. Yeah. Because you love baseball. If you're a baseball dope, like me and yeah. Steve. Yeah. Production company Delphi 2 Productions, distributed by TriStar Pictures. It was released on May 11th, 1984. Smart going, guys. Why when baseball is playing? Yeah, that's baby. good. Running time: 138 minutes. Budget: 28 million. Adjusted for inflation: 76 million. Box office: 48 million. Adjusted for inflation: 131 million. Not too bad for a dopey era-specific baseball fantasy movie. Yeah, and this was another one that it was. It did okay in the box office, but also uh, it was popular on home video and it was played on TV just relentlessly. Yeah, yeah. Cable, yeah. they loved it. 
fill in a two-hour slot. There's barely any cuss words in it. Exactly. No real nudity. Well, no nudity. <laughs> even, even though Kim Basker is in it, they do it classy like in the old That's 19- right. Well, they wouldn't even do it in a 1930s movie. They can't allude to sex. No. After the Hays Code. This movie has so, class. It's not su- it has, It's not smut like they make now. Yeah, she does run in there and start sucking right No, no, she probably... Pecker and just she, like, I love it! She probably sucked his dick in his trailer like they used to do when people had class. That's right. Yeah. Sucked all of his talent out so oh. couldn't play baseball no more because she's a baseball siren. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's it. Ready? Yeah. Steve? I'm ready. You're up. <laughs> oh, boy, let me Pulling get you my... from the bench. Let me get my bat that I made myself. <laughs> Okay, what's what'd you inscribe on it? Oh, what did I inscribe on it? Batman. Oh no, bat bat, because it's not a man, it's a bat. <laughs> if I had made my own bat, I would have inscribed "I hate you" on it. And would that be directed at the ball or the pitcher? Or... Whoever I wanted it to be directed at. <laughs> Whoever I'm swinging at. <laughs> Just one man. time when I was at bat. One time when I was at bat, I hit the ball. And I let go of the bat before I completed my swing, and it went sailing directly at the third base. Oh, my God. <laughs> I never... And I continued to run the base, but the, uh, well, the opposing coach said, no, he did that, uh, that I did it on purpose. And I was like, I didn't do it on purpose. I just let go of it too soon. I'm sorry. But they said it was like I distracted the players by throwing my bat at the third baseman. So I got to first base, um, but the ump said, no, the ball went in another direction. ball went to right field so uh shut up (laughs) (laughs) and that's bat that bat's name was fuck your mother yeah that famous completed that famous bat (laughs) in fact i wrote gross things on all the bats while no one was looking (laughs) did you ever write fuck you on the on the bottom of it like billy ripkin did that one time And then you get no. the, 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 the only the only collectible baseball card with Billy Ripken on it, and it's because he wrote a swear word on the bat. It's not because anybody wanted a Billy Ripken card. Billy Ripken card, but they wanted that one. They wanted that one. Because no one was looking at it when they made the card. He was like, I'm the only one who can do this. I'm Billy Ripken. Nobody's going to be paying any attention. I can write whatever I want on this thing. Steve, I told you. You're up. Oh, sorry. Here, Okay, here we go. Okay. All right. And let's, you and I, run into this epic fantasy yeah. that is the natural. Steve, yeah. take it away. Uh, it starts out so, it's, we just get the, the, the title of the you movie. got to watch this guy. He'll throw a wild pitch. So, I think his arm's tired. So, <laughs> you know, maybe you can just put your bat on your shoulder and he'll walk in. Sure. Okay. 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 If you can, get hit by the ball. Do you think that's my best shot? Yes. Just maybe stick my elbow out? No, your head. My head. (laughs) Really lean into it. Thanks, Pop. (laughs) All right, we started it. It's nice. It just says the natural. It just says the natural. Fucking around. That's right. No no extended CGI title sequence for this movie. (laughs) No, just black with white letters. The natural. Class. No fucking, no, yeah. Class. Pure fucking class. And then we then we cut to a fifty six year old man at a train station. <laughs> yep, just sitting there waiting for the train. And then the train passes by, and when the train finishes passing by, <gasps> he's gone. Movie over. He probably just got on the train though, and in fact, we see right after that that's what he did. He's just sitting on the that's train. Right. But then we cut to the Dewey past. Yeah, back in the good old kid. days. Yeah. 
kid playing ball with his dad, right? Yeah. And his dad's yeah. like, you have a lot of talent, son, but you need to work really hard or you'll be nothing. Do you hear me? Nothing. You'll be a failure. Nothing. I'll bury you in the backyard with your older brothers. <laughs> so Roy becomes a great pitcher <laughs> because That's he right. doesn't He's want like, his father to kill him. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't. And then he makes a bat. Yeah. What does he make well, a bat? Remember his, his his father dies and then Oh that's right, his dad dies. So he he has like the Superman origin story. His father yeah, has a heart course. attack and dies and he's like, Pa and he runs out and his dad's fucking dead. And then Dad's like, Beware of the black lady. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wonder what that means. Probably I'll forget about it. Anyway. Dunno. Uh and at that night lightning strikes the tree that his father died under. Because God is yeah. stepping in to intervene. <laughs> and from the wood of that tree, he carves his bat. Mm-hmm. And lo, and did he name it Wonderboy. 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 He puts a, puts a lightning bolt on it. Yeah. Wonderboy, by the way, also one of my favorite Tenacious D songs. <laughs> then we cut a little bit for, forward, don't we? Yeah. Now he's played by Robert Redford. Yeah. And we're supposed to believe he's how old? He's like 19 or 20. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, 18. That ain't happening. <laughs> he's been scouted by the Cubbies. Yeah, and, and he's he's leaving. He's catching the train, and he's going to Chicago. But, yeah, but first he's got to talk to his best girl, yeah. who's about 38 years old. S- judging, yeah, although they, they shoot them both in very low light for this sequence. Well, that's smart Yeah. But they go to full broad daylight as soon as he goes, but he's like, I'm going. And she's like, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. And she's, here's my pussy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, boy. And then because they're in love, they love each other. That's right, Steve. and they have unprotected. She's the, they have unprotected, <laughs> they have unprotected sex, sex in a barn. barn again. Classy off camera, off camera. Yeah, nothing, nothing for the Hayes Code to get upset nothing. about. And then we cut to the train, and he's on his way, and he's got his scout, and his scout is uh, what's his name? Something. I don't care. He doesn't matter. Simpson, Sam Simpson. Mm-hmm. But there's another guy, a reporter guy named Mercy. Yeah. And he's there with a guy called the Whammo. <laughs> he's called <laughs> the Whammer. He's called the Slugmaster. His name is Crabe Booth. <laughs> Crabe Booth. Exactly. <laughs> he is a baseball player of some renown. Yeah. And they introduce each other, and, and they're like, hey, how you doing? But then the lady in black comes in, and she's looking at all of them, right? Yeah. And you're like, uh-oh, she's pretty or something. She looks, I don't yeah, know. she looks like bad news. But, you know, Blabe Pooth is not impressed with Roy Hobbs at all, right? Right. And then they stop at a carnival, and uh, and the Whammo or the Whammer or Babe Ruth <laughs> is making a demonstration of hitting a bunch of homers, right? Yeah, I like a carnival game. He's you know just hitting some dingers for the kids, mm-hmm. and then the 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 scout who came with Roy is like talking to Max Mercy, the the sports writer. He's like, I'll bet you ten dollars that my boy Hobbs can strike out the Whamma on three straight pitches. Right. And he's like, okay, you're on. And then they do it, and he does it. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. And then the Whammer's the like, fuck pitch you. last pitch is an epic pitch. Yeah. It's it's shot in the golden hour. Oh, yeah. So it's extra pretty. And then he strikes him out, and, and the Whammo goes, oh, to dull this pain, I need to start a fucking cocaine habit or something. <laughs> I, I love that, like, and it's one of the things that I just love about this movie. It's like, okay, he struck him out once. 
in the middle of a field in front of like 20 people, but it's treated yep. as like this epic occurrence, you know? And it's like, I mean, sure. he, stri- he got struck out in actual games, presumably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but this, this, oh, this is like a big deal. Well, remember, <laughs> we've, we've strayed into the world of of complete myth. Oh, for sure. There's nothing, I mean, it's based on factual things. It's set in an era that actually existed, but, you know, they're going to make it seem like, oh, he struck out Babe Ruth. Yeah. I mean, Plabe Goof. I mean, whatever this guy's name the is. The Whammer. His name is the Whammer. That's what it says on his the birth whammo. certificate. He's Whammo to me. If he's made up, I'm just going to call him Whammo because it's more fun to say. The Whammo. Whammo. Later, um, on the train? Is it on yeah, the train? Yeah, The lady in black talks to him, and she's like, you're going to be the best there ever was? And he's like, yes, I am. Um, and she's like, okay, by me. And then they get to Chicago, right? Yeah, and he checks and into she the hotel. Invites him, yeah, she invites him to the hotel room. She's dressed up in her nighty, and she's got a black veil on, and she's looking crazy, and then she shoots him. Yeah. And then she disappears, and you're like, oh, no, she was some sort of Satan sent her. <laughs> she was a demon. She just disappeared. She's a demon, and Satan doesn't want godly baseball to be played, and so they killed baseball Jesus. Just, oh, oh no. no. No, that's the Billy Graham version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, we, we see Roy laying on the ground shot, and we're like, okay, so, and then it goes to black, and we're like, okay, the movie's over. Short movie. Hmm. I mean, it was well made. And then it says, 16 years later, yeah. and we meet the Knights. The New York Knights. The New York Knights, a made-up baseball team. Filled with made-up baseball players. And we meet Pops and Red. Yep. And, and Pops is, is is Wilford Brimley. And Red is the coach? Or is he the manager? No, he's the coach. Oh, Pops Pop, is the Pop manager. is the manager and part owner. Part owner. And their team sucks. Oh, boy. It sure does. <laughs> it was like we were watching the Bad News Bears all over again. Um, and in rock walks Roy Hobbs, and he's old now. He's old. He's like 36. Yeah, old Maybe timer. Maybe 30. Well, no, let's see. 16 years. If he was 18 when he got shot, then that means he's 40, right? No, he'd be 34. No. If, if he if he he'd was if he was 18 when he got shot, then he'd be 34 here. Okay. There yeah, you go. mid-30s. He's, he's in his mid-30s. Everyone calls him. He's all washed up, and he's, we don't want to play you. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. And then we meet some of the other players, and they have a star player player already yeah right? bump 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 bailey and he thinks he's hot shit doesn't he yeah because he's the star player of a horrible team that's right <laughs> but yeah exactly he thinks he's hot shit <laughs> kind of like barry bonds was when he was with the giants whoops uh, i hate to say this but the giants paid a lot of money to have barry bonds on their team and barry bonds was there for barry bonds yeah <laughs> we didn't win any of our world series until after Bonds was fucking gone. He broke all those records, though. Who gives a shit? He did, for him, personally. People showed up to see him see him do it. I was at one of the games, and I wasn't there specifically to see him beat the record. I was there to watch a baseball game, to watch my Giants. Yeah. I didn't give a shit if it was on. There are plenty of times where we had special days where we would get, we'd go out onto the field and we could shake hands with everybody, and Barry Bonds would show up and half smile. I've... I've I shook the man's hand. You know who I more who I, I appreciate more and I've met on several occasions? Vita Blue. Oh There's yeah. a real goddamn baseball player. And a gentleman and a really nice guy, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care about bonds. <laughs> Anyway, and Pence. Pence is a great guy. Pence is a really great guy. They're also tall. 
<laughs> Why are they so tall all of a sudden? What about some of the short guys? Well, are, Romo well, I mean, wasn't. What, did you meet like in any infielders? Are they still kind of short, or are they tall now? Well, too? you know, uh, Romo was. I've met Romo several times, and he's about my height. He's about six feet tall. He's about six feet tall. But oftentimes, when I ran into those guys, they were fucking like six five. Wow. And they're like walking through, and like, excuse me, and then a group of giants walk through, and you're <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> wow. I'm glad I didn't take my baseball career seriously when I was playing. <laughs> I'd never match up. I'd be the dwarf on the team. They're like, hey, dance dwarf. And I'm like, gee, 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 gee. You can be the bat boy. <laughs> oh, goody. Anyway, back to the movie. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, uh, Roy gets on an elevator and he meets uh, Memo. Yeah, right? Memo, who is Pop's niece. Right. And then he goes and he eats with uh, Red. Yeah. And this isn't when Red tells him that there are bad things afoot. No, that's not till later. Yeah. Uh, but he does see um, Pud. What's his name? P- Bump. <laughs> Bump. Um, sitting with uh, the girl because apparently she's 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 leeching on onto Bump right yeah, now. Yeah, she's Bump's right? girl. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he keeps uh, being called in, and well, he keeps going to practice, and he's not being called, and he's not being used. Right. Right. Because Pops is an asshole. Yeah, Pop resents mean, Pop resents him being signed to the team without mm-hmm. being consulted, and also he thinks it's ridiculous that like he's a thirty-something-year-old rookie, and he's like, "I'm not playing that thirty-something-year-old rookie." Right. Okay. And uh, after a little while, while the team continues to lose and throw their mitts at players and uh, fall down and forget how to play and face the wrong direction when they're out, when they're in the outfield, um, and cutting to a psychiatrist who keeps trying to get them to picture something in their head, Pops tells tells Roy, uh, "I'm sending you back down. I'm sending you back down." And he's like, "Fine, but I came here to play baseball." And he's like, "I like I give a shit. I don't care." And they get a little. Uh, you know altercation and then pops being that character <laughs> says okay show up to batting practices i've always been showing up to batting practice you better put me in and he's like don't cry jesus christ <laughs> and so he puts him in during batting practice and what does he do he hits like a million home runs with his magic bat like nothing <laughs> nothing but and pops immediately thinks as i would there's something in that bat right that exactly bat regulation because it's a homemade right. bat of course he's gonna think that it's like corked or something but mm-hmm, yeah exactly but instead what happens is um he says we'll check it out and i guess it checks out because yeah. then he gets to play a game he puts he puts roy in he puts right? he puts him in for bump after bump was uh, showboating yeah and pop is like fuck you prima donna mm-hmm. piece of fucking shit and, and what happens when he hits the ball well, some I think Red tells him get up there and knock the cover off the ball, Roy. So that's what. And he goes right. So that's what Roy does. He knocks the cover off the ball. Right, and all the string comes out. And they don't know what to do with it. And I like to remind everybody that knocking the cover off the ball means what, Steve? Um, I would imagine that means that the ball is out of play. Mm, no, no, but not in this case. Ground rule double. It means that there was, there was, <laughs> there was something wrong with the ball. Oh yeah, it can't. Yeah, it's not stitched properly. Yeah, you can't just knock the cover off like that. I have seen these balls get hit so goddamn hard that they've left the stadium. Oh yeah. We have a thing at uh, the current uh, park for the San Francisco Giants, where if you hit them hard enough, they land in the bay. Right. And there are boats and people sitting in that part of the bay waiting to retrieve those balls (laughs) as souvenirs. 
Because they're homeowner balls. Sure. Right? You don't even buy a ticket. You just need a boat and some netting, and you have to beat off other people with a stick to, in order to get the ball. And boy, oh boy, were there a lot of people waiting for that Barry Bonds ball. Holy shit. Yeah. But he didn't hit it. I was going to say, his record breaker his record breaker <laughs> didn't go out of the park. Yeah. Nope, it went to center field. Yeah. And then people got in an argument about that. Anyway... <laughs> um, so it, th- that just meant that there was something wrong with the ball, and it confused everybody. The umpire didn't know what to do. Nobody knew what to do. What's all this but string? Now, what is this? Mm-hmm. But now Mercy is like, who is that guy? Yeah. He looks familiar. How come familiar. I have no memory of something from 16 years ago? How come I don't remember that time that some hayseed struck out, struck out poob boof <laughs> and, and I was there to report it? Well, I mean, he's clearly got a very serious drinking problem. Mm-hmm. But then they wanted to check his bat officially, and so they, that wound up in a newsreel of them weighing the bat and saying it's regulation, right? Yep. And then um, Pop says to uh, Bump, hey, Roy Hobbs is better than you. You better pick up your game. And Bump is like, okay, right? Yeah. And then- I know what I'll do. <laughs> I'll die. I'll run through the goddamn outfield wall. And this has happened. Yes, it has. Baseball. Yes, it has. <laughs> This has happened where a player has accidentally killed himself running through the back wall yes, but, <laughs> of the outfield. But I don't think any of them were, were named Bump. No, none of them were named Bump. Which makes it extra bump. delicious. Because during that game, someone hits a ball and he's running to catch it and he's not looking where he's going and he goes straight through the back wall and he dies. He's dead now. And they have a nice little memorial service, right? Yeah, the memorial service is in black and white and then the umpire says, play ball, and it turns to color. That's right. Because who cares about that asshole's funeral? And then Roy keeps hitting hitting more and more home runs. And then some of the guys are noting, one guy noticed, noted that he liked the lightning bolt that he put on his bat. Right. It reminds him of a patch. And then he puts a patch on and he starts hitting better. And then pretty much the entire team starts, well, the whole, the whole team, team wears this patch, patch on, yeah. on their sleeve. And I would like to say, how ridiculous um, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but base, base, baseball players are some of the most superstitious people you will ever meet oh, yeah. in your entire life. The, the lightning bolt patch thing is, uh, it strikes me as the most realistic thing in the movie. It's one of the yeah. most authentic things baseball in the movie. Baseball players are did totally you, like that, yeah. Did you notice what the other patch was on their opposite side? I didn't notice it, but I'm told that it commemorates the centennial, which is one of... Which cements this as 1939. Yeah, it's one of the ways that the movie can be dated as taking place in 39, yeah. Right. Anyway, so now the whole team has the patch on, and now all of them are playing a little bit better. Yeah, rising in the standings. Yeah. Mercy is all like, who is this guy? What's wrong with my brain? How come I can't remember anything? What's your name again? Is it Paul? No, no, it's it's not, and you're going to make me cry in a second. <laughs> are you sure you're not Paul? I'm, I know I'm not Paul. M- Mercy, come on. I think you need to see somebody. <laughs> Meanwhile, we cut a whole bunch of stuff. Roy, uh, you know, a moviola with kids. Yeah. Um, you can tell that things are relaxing during this one great scene where the the team is practicing and Pops and Red are just sitting in the dugout playing this Name That Two yes. game with each yes, other. Yes, I love that scene. And... Um, as they're clearing the field, Mercy's out in the stands, and the guy's like, one of the guys comes up and says, hey, throw me a pitch, I want to hit it. And Roy's like, oh, okay. And he throws it, and he throws it so hard it sticks in the netting yeah. <laughs> behind him. And Mercy's like, that reminds me of something. I don't know what it is. It'll, oh, it'll come well. to me. I'll think of it. But now, Roy's been called up to go see Satan. Yeah, the judge. I mean, the judge. 
and his room's all, his office is all dark. And he says, I like it dark. When I was a kid, I was scared of the dark. Peed my pants all the time. Ran and hid my, hid with my, told my mom, I can't go in there. It's, there's demons. And she says, that's just your Uncle Billy. And you need to lay quiet and be quiet. And and I said, why, Mommy? And she said, I don't care. But now I'm not afraid of the dark because Billy is dead. I ate him. I ate his corpse. And I am stronger for it. And now I love the dark. Anyway, um, throw games for me, okay? <laughs> and Roy's like, I don't want to do that. Because Red told told Roy yeah. uh, before this that um, uh, Pops was who's was part owner of the team had some financial tr- troubles and he sold twenty percent of his shares of the team to the judge. Right. On a condition that if they win the pennant this year, then the he gets his shares back and then he has control of the team again. And the judge loses out, right? right. So now the judge is like, I don't like my team winning. And uh, you'll throw some stuff? Do you like money? He's like, it's, oh, it's fine. I don't care. And... Um, you know, Roy basically says, I'm not going to do these things. You're a bad man. I don't like bad men. And I'm basically the Superman of baseball. Right. So you stop. I have integrity. I have integrity. And he leaves and he turns the light on. And he's like, turn that light off. People can see my horns. <laughs> and he just leaves. And then who turns the light back on again? <gasps> it's this guy, Gus Sands, who mm-hmm. is all, who also has like kind of a connection to uh, Memo. He's a and bookie. he's a bookie, and he's a bad man. He's also a bad he's man. He's a very bad man. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he's walking away from that meeting, and Mercy is like, you tell me, you people, there's a bunch of rumors about you. One of the one of those rumors is that you you killed somebody, and you're in jail. And another one of those rumors is that, uh, what was it? It's, I don't know. I can't remember. He, 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 yeah, he runs like two or three possibilities by him, and yeah, Roy's just like, like nope. One other one of those rumors is you, came, you crashed in Kansas inside of a spaceship. And you've been sent here to play baseball. <laughs> and Roy's like, that's ridiculous. You shut the fuck up. That's dumb. Other people have called you baseball Jesus. Are you? Will you be crucified at the end of the season? And he's like, kind of. I mean, uh, <laughs> how broadly are we defining crucifixion? Right, right. Anyway, he's uh, then he goes to a, a dinner party with the bookie yeah. in Mercy and um, Memo. Memo. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, Gus tries to bet that he can, because he's got a wonky eye. And he's like, I can bet that I know how much money you have in your pocket. And he says, and then he, the wonky eye, uses the wonky eye, and he says, you have $10. And Roy's like, oh, no, actually, I only have, I only have $9.37. Right, yeah, something like that. And it's close enough. And then, and then he goes, oh, but I also know close-up magic. And he (laughs) he makes two more dollars appear. Yeah, out of Memo's ear, yeah. Out of Memo's ear. And then he says, hey, let's dance. And she's, and then they go to the beach and they talk, and she's, she's Kim Bassinger in the early eighties. What, what do you want? Yeah, and he's like, oh, what the hell? And she kisses. Yeah, him and he kisses her, and um, then there's, I can't remember. There's some scene with pops in a hotel lobby or something. They I come in. They cut. They they, they come back together, and it's really late. Oh, that's and right. Pops is like, you better be careful, boy. Don't fuck my niece. Oh, by the way, she's poisoned. She's a Delilah. I love her, but she'll she's suck a succubus. Out all your strength. That's right. She'll steal you. She'll steal your mojo, or deplete you of your vital. vital yeah, your vital fluids. Your vital your fluids. You won't fluids. be able to play. That's right. That's what she does. She did it to bump. 
Oh, by the way, we later also find out that Bump was on the take. Yes, big time. Big time on the take, so I'm glad he's fucking Yeah, fuck dead. Bump. But then we start cutting to, you know, Roy and Memo going out, and he has a losing streak, oh, doesn't he? Oh, he goes into quite a slump, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone's, like, commenting on it, and he's like... Huh, I wonder if this has anything to do with the succubus that I'm I'm currently dating. And he doesn't think that way because he's Roy Hobbit. Exactly. Of he he's too pure of heart. He does say a line at the beginning that he re- that she reminded him of someone. Yes. Right? Yes. Anyway, so the slump's going real bad, but thankfully, the goddess of baseball has come to visit and watch one of his games. That's right. His old girlfriend, Iris. That's right. And in a key moment, haloed by light. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> she, she stands up. And she's like, let the goddess Gaia guide the ball to your bat. And he hits a home run and it strikes the clock. And then now you guys can, all you can think about is that dumb trivia story that Steve talked about, about this poor old man who never got his watch. <laughs> I bet Roy got his fucking watch, though. Oh, yeah. He yeah. yeah he Goddamn right, because he's not a punk but like, here's, so, yeah. <laughs> like Bam Morrell. So in the movie... Her very presence in the stands makes him look towards the stands. Right. Yeah. It's like he can sense that she's there. That's right. That's right. And uh, she sends a note. A guy with only one line goes, there's a note for you. She's a very nice lady. Yeah. And he walks off and he's like, how much did you get paid for yeah. that? How much did you get paid for that? Are you are you just a crew member? <laughs> he's just a grip. Because I'll t- <laughs> they couldn't find a radio announcer for this movie. So you know who's doing all the radio stuff? The, the, uh, the not the announcer, Is it but the... the is it the director? Yeah, yeah. it's very yeah, That's what I thought. Yeah. It. It's one of the few things that really stands out, right? Yeah. Because he he isn't even approximating a radio announcer's voice. <laughs> it's just like, and he struck out again. I'm speaking modern yeah. American English from 1984. <laughs> Instead of doing it quick and fast, just like you, you know, you had to get that stuff out. You know, baseball is slow, but you had to make it seem exciting. Exactly. You had to red barber that shit up. Come on. Oh, yeah, you did. But anyway, uh, he gets to know it, and then they meet in a diner. And she's like, I'm 47. How did I become 47? And they talk about stuff. Yeah, right? they catch up on old times. And, mm-hmm. and he's still in love with her. You can of tell. Of course. And somehow the newspaper knows about the lady in white. I don't know who, how that happened. Sharp-eyed photographer. When, oh my God, I can see the power transferring from her vagina to his bat. <laughs> it's the most extraordinary thing I've ever seen. But she's in the newspaper. Uh, Memo calls him, and he's not interested in her anymore. And she's being watched by the bookie. Yeah. Which is gross. Yeah. Because, you know, she's only dating him to suck his power out of him. And uh, she doesn't want the bookie to know that she's lost his grip on Roy. And she says, after he hangs up, she goes, I love, and I love you too. And you're a liar, lady. You're bad. <laughs> you're a bad lady. And so then him and the lady goddess of baseball, they meet again. Right? Yep, and they go to her they house. They go for a nice long walk back to her house. Yeah. And she says, oh, that's my son's mitt that he sees a mitt. Yeah. And he goes, gulp, you have a son. <laughs> well, got to go. And she's like, she says, yeah. And then she says, her, her, his father is in New York. Playing baseball for the New York Knights. No, she doesn't say <laughs> and that. And he's like, wow, do I know him? <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Well, gotta go. Bye. And she's like, wait, I am not done throwing out things that you should readily pick up, Roy. <laughs> he's, he's, how old is he? He's uh, 19, something like that. 16. Well, he, uh, if, if he's, we, we find out later, of course, that it's Roy's son. So he would be 15, 15 or 16. 15 or 16. Yeah. 
and yeah. and he's like, "Whoa, well, I guess I don't date single moms. I'm goodbye." <laughs> and then he hung and he leaves, and uh, they're on a road trip, right? And they start winning. And he, he has oh, a special yeah. bond with the, with the kid, with the Bat Boy. The Bat Boy, yeah. And you know what? This is the first time I really didn't hate the Bat Boy, you know? <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't hate him. He seemed like a cute kid. No, he's a good kid. Yeah. Um, and Roy's hitting again, and everything's great, and they're making a comeback, and they're moving their way up, and they're in... They're in first place. Did they get to? Did they get to first place? I th- I think they either they get to first place or they. I, well, I think they do. They have to get to first place. Yeah, because that's where they're at mm-hmm. by the end. Of, like they they need to win one more game to clinch the pennant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they go to this big party in which the gambler guy is trying to convince him again to, <laughs> to throw the game because he's got something riding on it. And then 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 the succubus comes up and force feeds him something. He eats it and then he gets sick. Yeah. And she gave him something, right, Steve? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, she gave him something and he he they took him because it was an emergency. They took him to a maternity hospital because it was the closest one, and then for some reason he just has to stay there. Yep. And uh, the goddess of baseball hears on the radio that he's sick. And uh, he wakes up and they found out that they've lost 3 games. It's how long he's been in the hospital. Yeah. Unconscious. Yep. And um, then the succubus shows up and she's like, I want to suck on you some more. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't like you, lady. You remind me of that that other that other, that other demon lady. that shot me earlier. And it's and they found and it turns oh not yet. That's not yet. The bullet. Yeah. They found a bullet in his stomach and they say, you need to stop playing baseball so you can heal properly. Otherwise, it'll kill you. And we're like, "Uh uh-oh. And she begs him to throw the games, doesn't she? To stop playing and throw the games? Uh, She begs him to not play because the idea is if he doesn't play, then the Knights can't win. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But he's he's not buying that. He goes back to the ballpark and he tries to play and it hurts him. And the judge yeah. sees that. So the judge comes and pays him a visit in the hospital. And he's like, hey, you're going to take $10,000 or these pictures are going to come out. And it's a picture of him laying on the ground shot. And it's a picture of the demon lady laying on the ground, having thrown herself out the window, which we didn't yeah. know happened. Right. Whoopsie. And he's like, think of all the little kids who are going to see this. What are they going to think? That I had sex? No. See. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it'll be a scandal. That I that I was the victim of a terrible crime. It'll be a scandal, and you won't. Be, and 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 it'll be all over the newspapers. Oh, you mean like that time that Babe Ruth took off his pants during a game and ran around the outfield <laughs> trying to fuck one of the players just to prove that he's better than them? Or that time Ty Cobb literally beat a fan to death in the <laughs> stands. Hall of Famer Ty Cobb. You mean it's going to be the guy who beat people to death than, during games? Worse than the Black Sox scandal? It's going to be worse than. <laughs> it's going to be the worst thing ever. And he's like, "Yeah, just think of little kids. They're gonna, they're gonna lose faith in you." And he throws the money on. Yeah. Him. And you were like, oh, "Yeah, he's a scumbag." Meanwhile, Goddess of Baseball is coming, and uh, uh, Mercy's out there, and he shows her the pictures, right? Yeah. And she basically looks at him like the scumbag that he is, right? Yeah, she's like, get out of here, don't touch me. And it's a great performance by Duvall, because for the first time, Duvall is up against somebody who looks at him like the the shitbag he is, and there's a part of him in that performance that he, where he realizes, right? Yes, yes. And he doesn't have the skills to cover. He just realized at that moment, I'm a shitheel. 
I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person, and this is what a good person is. And I don't, because he's been used to dealing with other scumbags. Right. It's just, it's he he does that so, that little bit of acting, right? Yeah, he's fantastic. Or he's he's yeah. laughing nervously, and he knows that he's made a guffaw. He knows that he's made a mistake doing this, right? Yeah. Uh, he, and he even after she after he kind of gets a read on her, he tries to sort of pivot and say, well, he wants to help Roy and he wants mm-hmm. to 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 know more about this so he can keep the story from getting out. You know, he kind of like tries to he's like, oh, OK, so she's not going to go for the, you know, the threat. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I can turn it and appeal to her humanity, you know, yeah. but she just walks away from him. Yeah. So uh, she visits Roy. And uh, they talk about all the shit that happened. Roy, we finally get something from Roy about his feelings of regret, mm-hmm. that he's lost a whole lot of time. I'd like to remind everyone that he's only 34 years old. <laughs> there were people playing baseball. How long, how long did some of these players play? Oh, it, it wasn't unusual for players, even back then, to play deep into their 40s. Yeah. Yeah, if I not mean, past he could that, still point, have like, right? Yeah, if he, I mean, the idea, I mean, I guess because his he's injured, it's a little different. But if he wasn't injured, I mean, you yeah, know, he but could I mean, easily, he could easily he, become he stayed, a he could become a coach, he could become a batting coach. Yeah. He, I mean, there are other, you know, eventually maybe even become a manager of a team. Sure. <laughs> Excuse me, because a lot of them did, right? Absolutely. We don't know Yogi Berra because of how well he played baseball, right? We know right. Yogi Berra because how well he managed his team mm-hmm. and because he had a big mouth and he said funny things. That was the exactly. other Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, he expressed, and she's about to tell him, oh, by the way, I'm that kid, that's your kid. But then a nurse comes in and she does what they do in movies. Oh, forget, never mind. You don't need to know this. Yeah. You got enough on your plate. By the way, I still love you and I'd jump on you right now if I could. I, we're still if in that love. nurse wasn't here, oh my God. You'd be naked, that's all. I don't care if it would open your wound and kill you. I want you now. <laughs> you would die happy, Roy. Roy goes to the judge's office, and all the bad guys are there, right? Yeah. Gambler guy's there, and he's like, I'm going to play to win. And the, He gives him back his money. He says, you dropped this at the hospital the, yesterday. The judge goes, we're going to show you these pictures. We're going to show them. And he says, do it. And the gambler guy says, yeah, we don't need to do that, because he likes the action, right? Right, right, yeah. He's, he calls he calls uh, Roy a loser, right? And uh, and then Memo shoots the floor, because she hates the floor. <laughs> yeah, she's mad. She's the, like, I'm just going to shoot something. There's a gun in the judge's desk when he opens up to get the, get the pictures. She grabs the gun, she shoots at the floor, and then she tells Roy that she hates him. But she actually loves him, right? Of course she does. Of course she does, because all of her morality is all screwed up. <laughs> Yeah, and there's he, Roy. Uh, just in case we haven't gotten the point yet, Roy takes the gun away from her, and he says, "I was right. I have met you before." That's right. And then he leaves. He walks out. He goes downstairs and pops pops is shaving, and he wants to be put on. He wants to be put in. Pops tells him that he's the best player he'd ever seen, or best batter he's ever seen. Right? Yeah. And uh, Roy's getting ready. Mercy comes up one more time, right? And he asked a question that I wanted to ask. Every single time I watch this fucking movie, Roy asks Mercy, have you ever played baseball? Then <laughs> 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 Mercy's like, nope, but I make it more fun for the people who, who, who watch baseball. That's, what, that's his excuse, right? Yeah, and Roy's like, Haha, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you jerk, you fucking who. <laughs> 
So now we're at the big game, right? They win this game. Yeah. They clinch the pennant. Pops gets to keep the keep the team. Bad guy loses, right? Yeah, it's all come down to this. And baseball goddess is there with a nice young man. I guess she works yeah. fast. She likes him young, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think that's her son. Ew, she's fucking yeah. her oh. son. Yeah, probably not. Oh, okay. Anyway, Roy's not pitting. Roy's not hitting good. He's getting struck no, out. He, he keeps missing the ball when he swings and, at the and ball. And falling down when he swings at yeah. the ball. Yeah, and he looks like he's in a lot of pain. But something else is going on with this game. Something's up with the pitcher. Yeah, the pitcher might be on the take, too. I don't know. What do you think? Only one way to find out, and that's to call timeout and accuse him while he's on yeah. the mound. Roy calls timeout. He runs up to him, and he says, don't do this. That's it. That's all he says. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah, he doesn't threaten him. He doesn't say, I'm going to beat your fucking ass if you don't start pitching. He just says, don't do this. You don't want to do this. Yeah, and I guess he heard that. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, he throws it. He throws something back in Roy's face. At first, he says, I'll start pitching when you start hitting. Yeah, that's true. And Roy's like, I'm trying. <laughs> Look, there's blood on my uniform. <laughs> I'm literally bleeding out of my stomach right now. I'm trying my best, right. man. And so uh, they resume ball, and uh, Roy goes up again, and he strikes out again. And mm-hmm. the baseball goddess goes, that's it. I'm, I'm, that's it. And she runs over, and she gives a note to a guy. And this is the part that I didn't like, right? We literally hear right. her tell the guy, his son's here, and he doesn't know, right? Right. That's the reveal to the audience. We already knew. Right. Don't, we, I, don't get us wrong. We figured yeah, it yeah. out. But... But to have it be stated like that is a little I would have anticlimactic. Love yeah. this movie so much more is that she gives them a note, he gets the note, he reads it, and we never know what's on the note because we've right. already figured it out. Because it's obvious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't need it to be spelled out. But he gets the note and he is understandably freaked out just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Meanwhile, what's happened? Uh well, it's we're in the the bottom of the ninth, of course. Yep. And the the knights are behind, but they have runners on base. They have two runners on base. They have, they have first yeah. and third. And now Roy's up, and everyone goes, "Oh great! Yeah. I guess we'll lose and the game now." And he <laughs> hits the first ball and tries to kill Mercy. Yes, he hits it straight back into the press box. Mercy looks out. He says, oh, "Maybe I should consider." Who's that guy down there again? Oh, mercy, no. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? Who are you? What is this thing that we're watching? <laughs> Why does that guy on that little hill keep throwing stuff at that other guy? <sighs> but he, at least he, he made contact with the ball, right? That's right. Then he hits a uh, foul ball. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a homer, but it tilts foul. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know. And we're like, and oh, no. And we turn around and something's died. Uh-oh. Yep. He's jogging back from first. Mm-hmm. And he sees his beloved Wonder Boy has been rent asunder, what happened, has been split into. What happened right before the, the bat broke? There was lightning. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's that kind of movie, everybody. Because it's, it's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the scene that actually makes me tear up, right? The, he runs out there. Bat Boy runs out there. It's broken. Yeah. And he looks at the kid and he tells him what? He says, go pick me out a good one, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Pick me out a winner. Pick me out a winner, yeah. And what does Bobby do? 
Bobby goes and gets the homemade bat that he has made mm-hmm. that he's called. called the Savoy Special. Because that's his last name. Because his name is Savoy. Mm-hmm. And he likes that beer, too, the Savoy. Oh, special. yeah, he's drank, drunk um, all the time. He's, he's a total drunk. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so and, he, and he, he gives Roy the bat that he has made. Yeah. And he, you know, he smiles, and he, it's not like, what's this piece of shit? He's like, <laughs> he's like, okay. And they throw a couple of pitches, and then they replace the pitcher, right? Yeah. And a man mountain comes out from Kansas. Oh, my God. A giant. <laughs> and they're like, he's, he's going to murder him. He's going to murder him. <laughs> there's no way that this is going to happen. And he throws a critical pitch. And there's like 15 different cuts when he throws oh boy. it. And what happens, Steve? Uh, Roy hits it into the lights. That's right. And uh, he calls. He causes a electrical fire. <laughs> Thousands of people die. <laughs> well, the stadium burns to the ground. But the lights start exploding. And not just the ones yeah. there, all of them. All of them, just a shower, like fireworks. It's a shower of sparks all around as he rounds the bases. And I do kind of like the subtle dig at baseball owners at that, right? Night games are are incredibly hard to play. Mm-hmm. Um, the lights make it because think about it. You have to look up if you have to catch an out, you know, a ball right. out in the outfield, and you look up, and there's nothing but these huge, you know, there's 15 suns bearing down at you at this point. You can lose yeah. the ball in the light glare. It makes the ball very hard to see when it's a night game. But the owners wanted night games because more people could attend them. Right. And the fact that he hits them directly into this thing that basically represents owners' greed. And it makes them <laughs> yeah. explode. Is kind. Of, it's nice. It, I, like I, we've said this whole time. This is a myth, guys. This is some of oh, these things sure. are things that we want to have have happened. This thing has never happened, where someone hit it into the lights and then basically shut down power to the entire stadium. But he does, and then he runs around the bases in slow motion. Everyone's everyone's happy except for the three evil people. Yeah. You know, Pops is happy, Red's happy, the the sparks coming down look like fireworks, right? Yeah. It's it's magical, it's so magical it makes your balls ache. And, <laughs> you know, he gets his home run, and then we fade to black. And then what do we see? Uh, we see the ball flying through the air. Right. And then it lands in the glove of Iris and... Roy's son. Right. They're standing in the field where Roy and his dad were playing baseball at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the kid takes the ball and throws it, and then we cut to the reverse shot. Well, and it's we Roy. cut to Iris, who's currently well, in I, an yeah. Andrew Wyeth painting. Iris and... is standing there watching. <laughs> and we see Roy and catch it. Roy catch. We see a, just a, a, actually a relatively brief shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, very I mean, brief. It's just, a, it's just long enough to establish it. He catches the ball and, and throws it back, and then we cut to black, and that's it. We cut to the end. The end, yeah. Great yeah. big 1930s, the end. Yep. Oh, boy, yeah. Credits done. Steve, go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Um, this is uh, my favorite baseball movie. Is it? I didn't know the Natural yeah, was your favorite. I, I, I like it more than Field of Dreams. You like yeah. it more than the Bad uh, News Bears? I like it more than the Bad News wow, Bears. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah, I like I love the Natural. Um, part of it might be that I, I found it when I was very young, and it sort of imprinted on oh, me. Oh, dear God, would it. But, I mean, yeah, this is my favorite baseball movie. And, and like, before I even get into its merits as a film, it's one of those movies... If you're a baseball fan and you know a little bit about the history of Major League Baseball, there's just so much here sure. that is of interest. And nowadays, we might call some of these things Easter eggs, but studio executives didn't know about that yet. No. 
So, so the it's movie detail, doesn't, right? Yeah, it doesn't smack you in the face with any of these. It's just details that are in the movie. And if you notice, you notice. And if you don't, it's not distracting. Sure. Um, for example, you, we mentioned you at the beginning, you asked, you know, how many people think Roy Hobbs is based on an actual guy? And he he's not is. based. He well, he's kind of based on a bunch of guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there, there is one particular player who did, who was like a thirty-four-year-old rookie, um, who was kind of an inspiration. But the Hobbs's character in general, um, I mean, there's a little Babe Ruth in him, mm-hmm. and of course, I mean, there's also we have an actual Babe Ruth surrogate with the Whammer. Sure. Um, but there's some Babe Ruth in Roy Hobbs as well. Uh, he starts out as a great pitcher and becomes a great hitter. Um, he's like the course, talent the, of Babe Ruth. The disposition yeah. of of uh, Gehrig, right? Yeah, yeah, and and he's yeah, exactly. And also, what the disposition of Gehrig, and also the other player that I mention in my notes here is Christy Matthewson, sure. um, who was who was renowned for being one of the few great baseball players to also be a decent person. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and and Redford even kind of looks like Christy Mathewson. If anybody knows who I'm talking about, if you've ever seen photographs of Christy Mathewson, who was this great, fantastic pitcher for the New York Giants in the the first decade of the 20th century, um, I, Robert Redford maybe could have played him in a in a movie. If if anybody had ever made a Christy Mathewson biopic in the era when you know in the 70s or 80s when Redford would have been appropriate for it, um, you know he would have been a, he would have been a fair Christy Mathewson. Um, and also, there's a little bit of Ted Williams in there because he talks about he wants to protect his eyesight, and he, you know, says he wants to see people have people walk down the street and see him and say, "There goes the the greatest player to ever play the game." And Ted Williams used to say that's what he wanted to people people to see him and say, "There's Ted Williams, the best hitter who ever lived." You know, um, so there's that. Um, as a movie, it's a wonderful combination of historical fiction and just outright fantasy. Um, it's almost like magical realism um, because Hobbes does all of these just absolutely incredible things. Yeah. He knocks the cover off the ball. You know, he hits the final home run into the lights and they're, they're presented as like amazing things. The other characters react to them as though it's just this amazing thing, but it's not outright supernatural. You know, he's just this prodigious talent. And it, well, what? I mean, here's some, there's a couple of little things in there. His bat and the lightning. Oh, the the magic bat. The sure. magic bat. Well, but that but that goes that I think to me that goes to the uh, the mythic quality. I think I still agree with you, you with know. magical realism. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean Roy Roy is Roy is is a mythic figure, you know. Um, and in fact, the uh, the the lady in black asks him on the train if he's ever read Homer, and he says no. Um, I think maybe the reason for that is that he is literally Odysseus. Yes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he, his story is very much like the Odyssey where, you know, he's separated from his true love for many years, Iris. Uh, he's trying to get back to where he considers home, which is playing baseball. And along the way, he's confronted with all of these temptations and obstacles that try to pull him off of the righteous path. Mm-hmm. Right. But eventually he perseveres and he makes it home. Um, and you know, Roy himself, like you mentioned, he has the bat, the magic bat made from a tree that was struck by lightning the night his father died. Like, come <laughs> on. Um, he gets, uh, he gets shot as a young man. He disappears for those 16 years. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, he just, he just walks in out of a fog, just transformed from a great pitcher into a great hitter. And nobody seems to remember him from before, except Max Mercy. Who's like, I 
kind of, I think there's something familiar about this guy. Um, and we never really learn what happened during those missing 16 years. Like he, he talks about it very generally with Iris at one point. But for the most part, it stays a mystery. He just had he just kind of vanished and did other things for 16 years and then comes back. Mm -hmm. um, and it's indicated that he came up through the minors. Yeah. And he yeah, he played. I think he said that he played was playing semi pro mm -hmm. when he got found by the Knights scout. Um, and yet for as fantastical as much of it is, I've always been impressed by how real so much of that final stretch of baseball feels. Um, up until Roy hits his last home run, and then we remember that we're watching a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. um, up until that point, that situation where the Knights need to win to clinch the pennant, and they're you know down going into the ninth, and they've got two men on base, and their best player is coming up to bat, but he just got out of the hospital, and mm -hmm. he's been striking out all day. Like, and there's a lot bleeding. of melodrama. He's bleeding. I mean, there's a lot of melodrama in that. But the the general situation is not as fantastic as some folks might think. Like it's if you just look at the situation during the game, that's a very realistic baseball situation. Sure. And I'm sure people who have been baseball fans a long time, like we've all seen games like that. Oh, I've where, been disappointed on numerous occasions. Oh my god. Well and but hopefully but hopefully you've also been delighted when sure. the opposite happens. Sure. You know, the your team, like the, the knights are down to their final out. Um there's a guy coming up to the plate who has been the shits all day, but who you know has the potential at any moment to knock any given ball out of the ballpark. Sure. But you don't know if if he's going to come through or if if he's going to fail. And that's the drama. And this film captures that drama and that tension superbly. Mm -hmm. um, better, um, probably better than any other baseball movie I've ever seen. Like for, for as much as we celebrate it for being mythic and for being fantastical, it really gets the, the reality of the game right in a very sure. superb way as well. Um, so the movie has all this going for it, but there's another element that I think is often overlooked that I also think is really important. And that is that this movie is a little bit of a cautionary tale. Um, for most of the movie, Roy is single-mindedly focused on baseball. Sure. And he says repeatedly, you know, I want people to see me walking down the street and say, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best to ever play the game. And, and we see that he has the talent to do that, that he is that good. Mm -hmm. But we also see how hollow that ultimately is. Sure. Um, it's not baseball that makes Roy happy. In fact, by the end, it almost seems like it's a demon he needs to have exercised. <laughs> like, he needs to play this last game. He needs for the Knights to win the pennant. And yes, he wants to help Pop. Like, he's doing part of it is altruistic. Sure. And he, and he wants the judge to lose. But also, it just seems like he wants to be free. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like he wants to do this so he can say, I did it. I came back. I, you know, I played in the majors. We Remember, won the pennant. I, I did it. him to play baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he does it. And, and at the end we see that he's free Sure, and he's still playing baseball, but he's not worried about being the best anymore. Nope. He's playing catch with his son yep. while, while Iris is watching and, and he seems happy. Yeah. And he's the kind of character that like, you, I think you mentioned this earlier during the recap. He's the kind of character that we wish athletes really were. You know, I mean, I think the Superman comparison is apt because Superman is like the kind of person that we wish, regardless of the superpowers, just his character. He's the kind of person we wish really existed in life. Roy Hobbs is like that. It's not that he's perfect. You know, he 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 is tempted. Right. He's he is susceptible to temptation. 
but he, he is also able to recognize his mistakes, to feel regret, to try and make things right, to try and do the right thing after he has, you know, either done the wrong thing or come very close to doing the wrong thing. He's able to pull back and say, no, you know, I am going to do the right thing. I am going to have integrity. Um, he's the kind of guy that we all wish our favorite baseball players actually were and, and almost never are. Um, so that to me, that's the, the, the biggest wish fulfillment part of it is, you know, oh man, don't we wish that, that we, we all had like a real Roy Hobbs that we could look up to and we'd never have to worry about finding all the skeletons in his closet or anything like he seems like just a truly decent guy, um, you know, who is also a fantastic player. So, but yeah, I mean, is the movie corny and schmaltzy and melodramatic? Yes. Do I love it? <laughs> also, yes. <laughs> very, very much yes. So uh, that's 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 all I have to say about it. Highly, high, highest recommendation for me. I love this movie so much. Okay, is it my turn? <laughs> Your turn, done. buddy. Um, yes, God. The Natural is basically distilling a lot of stories in baseball and kind of bringing them all together in one movie, right? So you do know that his, his story about getting shot is an actual thing that happened in me that the super fan of of uh of one of the players what was his name it was um eddie wait awakeness a super fan actually shot him and he was gone for a little while and then he had to come back i mean he he wasn't he was no roy hobbs right but they kind of took that story and they took a bunch of other stories the guy who, who killed himself running into the backfield wall and they said fuck it why not we'll have lightning <laughs> Lightning, lightning creates the bat, and lightning also is present when the bat is killed, because the bat is a living thing. <laughs> and, um, and but what I admire about it, it wasn't afraid to show the dark parts of baseball. Yeah, the big enemy in baseball was baseball. <laughs> <laughs> right, it wasn't some anti-baseball league. They come out and protesting all the games, and they don't like Roy Hobbs because he's he's affording this this idolatry sport called baseball, and it's taking people away from church. It wasn't anything like that. The big threat was internal, right? Mm -hmm. Which it's always has been. It's mm, always absolutely. been internal. I like baseball mainly because they have a tendency to address things. It depends. It's different for each team. But, for example, the San Francisco Giants currently right now is concentrating on the mental wellness of the players, right? How are you doing? You know, these guys are under a huge amount of pressure to perform, right? Um, if you haven't seen it, there's a YouTube channel out there called Cinema Therapy. They re recently did an entire show about toxic masculinity, and uh, the guest that they had on the show was a coach with the San Francisco Giants, where they uh, have these things available for their players, teaching them about the traps of toxic masculinity in baseball. I don't right. think we're going to hear that in any other sports anytime soon because they don't give a shit about <laughs> their players all that much. It's like, oh, what? You got a concussion and your brain's sticking to one side of, of the inside of your skull? Oh, well, that's too bad. Walk it off, bud. Get out there. If you can remember how to say your name, maybe you can, you know, open a restaurant or, or have a car dealership after you're done play, playing football. Um, or get one of those jobs where you just stand there and wave at the people. <laughs> that's right. 
Um, but baseball in this movie is not afraid to say the owners are shit. The owners can be shit, and the owner. And if you think it's far fetched, far fetched that the owners might sabotage their own team for the season in order to make money, you don't know baseball too good. Because <laughs> yeah, they will do that. They'll do it, and um, and I kind of appreciated that. That this wasn't just part baseball. This was all baseball, right? The owners are crappy. The racketeers, the, the, the guys who bet on the games are crappy. And in some cases, the news media is crappy because they exploit the players for their, you know, they make up shit, you know, all the time. And yeah, they might actually use it as blackmail over their players every once in a while. It depicts baseball as not being so pure that it can't be corrupted, right? That it's right. it's prone to all of the same things that, that are wrong with basically any other organized sport. They picked when this movie was set very specifically, didn't they, Steve? Oh, for sure. The sweet spot. Yeah, right, right there. Right before World War II, right yep. after Babe Ruth got everybody back in the stands and baseball was as popular as ever, they covered everything. The, the, the train tours that the players would take to hit balls at a carny and they're getting paid for it, right? That happened. And sometimes mm-hmm. it was the whole team that had to go around and do it. <laughs> um, you know, there's... And yes, it is. it can be very corny. When he strikes out the whammo... Um, there's like a train and a carnival and there's oh, green yeah. trees and a field and it's and it's in the golden hour and you just go, I want to live right there in that because <laughs> it's so pretty and great and everyone loves baseball so much. It's like it's like Willoughby, the town that the guy wanted to live in in that Twilight Zone uh-huh, episode. Exactly. And that's that's part of the charm of this is that, you know, it's false. You know it's fake, but it's based enough on real things to make it feel real enough for you to be carried along with it. If it had been just fantasy, Robert Redford, and he comes close, Robert Redford's character would have been too perfect. No Mm -hmm. flaws. And you're right, he does have a flaw. And that is he keeps on, someone just literally tells him, you keep playing baseball, you're going to die. And he's like, I don't care, I'm going to continue to play baseball. The minute, the minute he finds out that he has a son, he's like, I'll finish this up and I'm done, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to finish this, I'm going to zip up and I'm finished. And thank thank you, baseball. And he doesn't win the game necessarily just for himself. He he tells them, I'm winning this game for Pops, Mm -hmm. right? Because at this point, no matter how mean Pops was to him at the beginning, you love Pops at this point. It's Wilford fucking Brimley. You love both of them. You love Red and Pops. (laughs) These two old men who have been playing baseball before the turn of the century. And you'd do anything for them. You you don't really get to know too many of the other players on the team. I know Mm -hmm. Mike Starr is one of the members, but I don't know what his real name is. I don't don't even know what his character name is supposed to be, but I recognize him. This is one of the first times that he plays a baseball player. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But I mean, it's it's it is all of those things that we love about baseball conquering over the things that we hate about baseball, right? People want to play; they want to play to win. They want a chance to be able to show them, you know, show themselves. The idea that one player can lift up the entire team, which is kind of false. I mean, like I said before, Barry Bonds was on the Giants, and maybe if he helped the other players, it might have made a difference. <laughs> I don't know, but it has that underdog story of the worst. I mean, literally, these guys are getting hit in the nuts with balls while playing, losing balls. You know, they're not paying attention to what's going on on the field during a game. 
and they go from that to you know potentially winning the pennant and that's a story that we like to see. We like to see the guy who who is, he's literally an undergog. He gets shot, he comes back 16, 16 years later. We like the idea of an older player who can come back and prove himself and, and get tested. And then you have all of the Greek mythology stuff, or at least mythological stuff. There's a couple, there's a couple too many dangerous women for my taste. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. What brings him low the first time? A dangerous cuckoo bird. What nearly gets him the second time? A dangerous cuckoo bird. <laughs> but this time, she's getting paid to do it, which makes yeah. her worse, right? And she's blonde, so she's and different she's from the other blonde. one. And she's blonde. But it's part of that mythos. It's the reason why I called her a succubus, because the instant she gets gets her talons in him, he starts losing games. And the minute he sees the, 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 base, the magical white baseball goddess, he's like, okay, yay! <laughs> I can play again. My dick is hard for someone good and pure, and I don't like her. She's gross. And that's all this movie is. I mean, it has a plot that you can follow. <clears throat> the characters develop, right? There are mm-hmm. character arcs for people. Not for the bad guys. Fuck them. But there are character arcs for people. You don't get a scene. You don't necessarily need a scene where Mercy is fired or that ball doesn't go straight through his head when he's in the press box. <laughs> And people are screaming, my God, what happened? <laughs> and they continue playing the, playing the game. You don't see, you know, a fire start in, in the judge's office and they're just running around on fire because Roy hit a ball into <laughs> the window that, you know, ironically turned on a light that was next to some whiskey <laughs> yeah, that explodes it, all over them. You don't get like the full wrath of God punishment mm-hmm. for the villainous character. He doesn't hit a ball so hard that it goes to Germany and knocks off Hitler's nut. <laughs> And he rolls around on the gr- ground going, I hate the American baseball. Um, but it's just, you're right, it's magical realism, right? We know this isn't real as much as we would like to believe it's real. Mm-hmm. On the technical side, the movie is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. Well shot, well edited, um, well performed. You know, I'm. I don't. I've never really thought of Robert Redford as being terribly dynamic, and he's not in this. But that was the part that he's playing. He's not a loudmouth. You know, he's not a jokey guy. He's not a drinker. You know, he doesn't philander around. He gets in, in, involved with Kimbassner because he doesn't. He's not involved with anybody, right? And mm-hmm. the minute he finds out that his his love from high school is still around, he drops her like a hot rock. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things. It hits all those things really nice, and it doesn't matter. You're going along with it. It doesn't matter. Did this happen? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Did this happen? No, it doesn't. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. (laughs) When did that kid find time, equipment, and talent to make a baseball bat? Well, Roy did say that they could work on it together. That's true. Although we never see that. No, we don't. It it, it is established early that that's a thing he wants to do. Right. So somehow they found a lathe and they (laughs) they made... Because that's how you make a baseball bat. You make it with a goddamn lathe. You don't don't carve it by hand on a workbench at a farm. And sand it down and sand it down. (laughs) That's how you get a lopsided bat. A tree was struck by lightning. One of the branches fell down and a bunch of beavers came out of the lake and nibbled it down to a baseball bat. <laughs> then it was left exposed to the elements and sand which sanded it down. And then it just magically Wonder Boy appeared on the bat. It was under, it was under my bed one day. <laughs> it was floating in the air as if it was held by my father. And I heard a ghostly voice say, you're going to be a baseball player. <laughs> 
but I love it. I mean, yeah. what else can I say? It's well made. It's it's it has you know, as far as baseball fans are concerned, it has stood the test of time. There's nothing in here that will make you upset. Maybe the women. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's like, oh, it couldn't have been anything else. And I'm kind of like, well, what else could it have been? Could it have been a guy? No, then we'd have problems with that if it was an obsessed guy fan in a, you know, wearing a veil and dressed in, dressed in in, in a negligee, going, "You think you're going to be the best of the world?" And you're like, Bob, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Suck on this. Yeah, that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been much better. But at least it's not all women are the downfall of the of the guys, right? right? Technically, all of them are technically the downfall for his baseball career. All of them. That's technically that's true because Iris he retires. Iris he retires yeah. to go be with Iris, right? And his son that he didn't know about. Is it a little frustrating that he's so dumb that he doesn't pick up on the fact that she's alluding to the fact that her son is his son? Sure. Did they carry that on a little too long? Yes. Did they bring it out right at the right moment for the movie? Of course they did. Of course yeah. it was going to come out now. You're you're, you're, waiting, you're yelling at her. Just tell him. Just tell him. The man is dying in front of this audience. <laughs> this, this, this stadium of people. Just tell him. He'll put the lead back in his pencil and be able to start slugging those balls and killing dictators all over the world with how hard he hits them. But it's good. I loved it. I, I loved it. I've, I've loved it since I saw it when I was, you know, 14 years old. And I still love it now. I, it's been a while since i saw it i was a little afraid that it wasn't going to hold up but guess what it did so yay hell yeah the natural watch it or unless you already did in which case i hope you liked it everybody steve yeah now's the time for you to not recommend a movie oh thank goodness there are so many lousy baseball movies okay (laughs) (sighs) because of this for this segment because it's Mm -hmm. easy to find something to not recommend sure and the lousy baseball movie I'm going to not recommend this time around okay. was produ- was produced by a fellow named Adam Sandler. Oh. I probably don't need to tell you. Why? That because, that because it was produced by Adam Sandler, it stars Rob Schneider. Because mm-hmm. you just sort of assume that. Um, it also stars David Spade. And hey, John Hader, remember him from Napoleon Dynamite? Mm-hmm. And nothing else? <laughs> yes. He sure was good in that one movie. Um, uh-huh. The movie I'm going to not recommend is a piece of garbage called The Benchwarmers. I don't even is about, remember that. It's That's about. A movie? It you was a movie. Sandler produced it, but he didn't star in it because he's not as dumb as people think. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, nah, I'm not going to be in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about three adults who were nerds when they were kids, but then they grow up into loser adults and they play baseball against children in Little League. What? It's a, co- it's a comedy because, you know, they're, they're grown-ups, but they play Why? in children's baseball games. Why? Because it's funny. Oh, I, am I forgetting what funny is? It, I, I think maybe you're actually remembering it. Oh, okay. And the people who wrote the movie forgot. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, it's 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 bad. Um, it has a cast full of occasionally there are some talented people, but it's mostly just people like Rob Schneider and David Spade. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's a big old piece of crap. So if you love baseball and you watch The Natural and you think, oh, I wonder if I could watch a movie that will make me, you know, just feel really, really sad and like I just wasted an hour and a half of my life, then maybe you should watch The Benchwarmers. But I would not recommend it. You heard it here first, folks. Don't watch the bench wars. Steve's going to come to your house. 
and I will and I will beat you with a homemade bat or your grandma and you'll have to watch him do it I'll beat your oh, wait a minute I'm gonna beat your grandma with a homemade bat yes. or I'm gonna beat you with your grandma yeah that's what okay, she's gonna pick one, up your grandma he's gonna I'm gonna beat pick you up with your grandma her. at her age she's light as a feather and she's gonna be screaming the whole time I told you you listen to the wrong kinds of podcasts yep <laughs> Shut up, Nana. My turn. Ready? Go for it. As you guys know, I like to not recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed, and it's 1984. And the movie that I'm going to recommend that you never see is a teeny tiny little film called Sheena. Ooh. Starring Tanya Roberts, Ted Wass, and nobody. Don't wow. watch Ted it. Was? Ted Wass <laughs> gets second billing? Oh, man. <laughs> Sheena is Tarzan, but it's a girl. That's it. Everyone who wanted to go see, you know, Tanya Roberts run around and skimpy stuff and, and ride a horse that's been painted to look like a zebra because you can't ride zebras because they're, they're nasty lunatics and they bite. They can take whole bites out of you if, they, if they're pissed off enough. Uh, they had to just paint a horse, probably killed it. I don't know. I don't even really fully remember what the plot is, but it was stupid. And um, I think they bring Ted Wasp back to life through jungle magic. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But if you ever want to waste your time and be bored, then you could watch Sheena. If you really get off and watch a woman run around wearing leather, like a leather bikini, then maybe this is your bag, man. You're like... One million years BC was just not, or one billion years BC. I don't remember which the, the Raquel Welch one. The Raquel you know, Welch yeah. one, and you're like, it's a long time between those two. Then maybe you'll love Sheena. I don't. Don't watch it. I don't like it, Steve. Yeah, man. You know what time it is? It's time for me to make a terrible choice. That's right, baby. It's time for me <laughs> to make a terrible choice. As you oh, guys boy. know, I pick three movies for Steve to pick to review on the next movie. He does not know what these movies are, and he must make a random choice. Yes. Why? You, why you shook your head? You I, shook I'm, I'm, like this. I'm. <laughs> I'm. I'm agreeing with you that I don't know what the movies are. Oh, okay. That's right. He doesn't know what the movies are. In fact, I didn't even know what the movies are until we started this call. <laughs> so it's fresh. That's right. But all three of these films are related. Mm -hmm. All three of these movies have, movies have good reputations. Ooh. If you don't pick one, you're going to be very sad. Oh, no. Steve. Okay. A, B, or C? <gasps> C. Steve, you're going to be sad. Oh, gonna, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be sad. Oh, so. Okay. These are all Vietnam movies. Oh, I think I know which one I'm going to be sad about. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Had you chosen A... We would have reviewed Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. Aww. I know, baby. One day. <laughs> like in maybe the next eight years that we're doing it. At some point, maybe. <laughs> There's, only so many God There's only so many goddamn Vietnam movies. That's true. Had you chosen B, it would have been Francis Ford Coppola's yeah. Apocalypse Now. But you chose... Well, at least I won't have to clear out the entire weekend to watch it. You chose C... The movie that started it making it okay to make Vietnam movies. Yeah. Because a lot of people got scared off after Apocalypse Now. They were like, I don't need crazy like that. <laughs> we don't have to put Brando in it, do we? Like, that's, we can just make it without him. So, the movie that Steve picked is Oliver Stone's Platoon. <sighs> I am very happy about that, actually. Good. So I'm if you guys want to that. find out what kind of monsters we are, tune in next time when Steve and I make a bunch of jokes about the <laughs> Vietnam War. Oh, come back for our platoon when jokes. We review 
Splatoon. The only saving grace from this is at least it's fictional, right, Steve? Yeah. Well, Oliver Stone, so yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I'm surprised there aren't conspiracy theories in there. And that's it. Thank you guys for uh, thanks you guys for uh, tuning in once again for late seating. This has been Jason Hardy. You can go see a movie this week. <laughs> and this has been Steve Shives. My life didn't turn out the way I expected. What? What do you mean? I just thought my life would be different. Different how? I don't know. Thought, You're not happy. You're not so happy with I, this. I thought I'd be. I thought I'd be hosting a podcast in the majors. Are you saying that this is the, the little leagues that we're that we're this is AAA ball? What 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 are you saying? You want to get pumped up to the big times? You want to be on yeah. Conan O'Brien and make all that sweet sweet underwear subscription money yeah i want to i want to do ad reads with conan oh that sounds like a, a ton of fun don't you ever want to do an ad read with conan man no i don't want to do an ad read ever with anybody you don't, you don't want to hear him pretend to be enthusiastic about socks i think that would break my heart a little bit or, or anti-identity theft software again or, i think or, that or would hurt to watch or someone stay. grit their teeth and hold their nose so that they can make their green <laughs> Selling shit they don't use <laughs> to people who are, who aren't interested. You don't want to have to muster enthusiasm for a particular insurance company? Never. <laughs> and pretend that it's so much better than the other insurance I'll companies? I'll tell you what, Steve. If you really need to do ad reads to make yourself happy, I'll start making up companies and writing ad reads for them so that you can do them during the show. Okay. That would make me so happy because then I could pretend that I don't know what the product is. That's right. And do that and do that kind of an ad read. Sure. Where you're yeah. like, you know, if you have an upset stomach, try Alka Seltzer. <laughs> it's a thing. You put it in water. You drink it. Makes you feel so much better. I love Alka Seltzer. Don't you love Alka Seltzer, Jason? And no. You, you know, yeah, Jason loves it. Exciting new product, Alka-Seltzer. Meanwhile, so, I'm doing the anti-ad read. Go to the, wherever they sell it. Alka-Seltzer killed my uncle. That's not, that's not true. He Don't put seven to this in a glass and he swallowed them whole. <laughs> he exploded. Did you ever, did you ever do the thing where you, you fill up like a, um, a film case, like a plastic film case from a camera back in the old age, the old days when cameras had film, um, fill it up with water and drop an Alka-Seltzer in it and then put the cap on and wait for it to pop off? No. Boy, that was good fun. No, I didn't. I had a shotgun oh boy. when I was a kid. We, so, you, so you just, so you would just shoot stuff. Stuff, people, cars, whatever was whatever was passing by on the freeway overpass. You know, we had an apple tree when I was growing up, and I used to like to pick the apples and uh -huh. then hit them with a baseball bat. That's cool. Like I used to just of... like going to school with a baseball bat and hitting kids and pretending that they were apples. We have so you much would, in common. You would pretend you would pretend that the kids were apples, or you would hit kids who were pretending they were apples. No, the kids weren't pretending to be apples. I was pretending that they were apples. Okay, that makes sense. Otherwise, bit more the sense. horror would creep in, and I'd stop I... doing it. Sure, sure. So you hit them in the head, and the, the head was an apple. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And exploded yeah. with applesauce, and they find me uh, on the ground of the playground going, "This is the most delicious applesauce." I completely see the appeal of that. Okay, guys, I never killed children when I was a child. 
with a baseball bat, nor did I eat their brains pretending no. it was applesauce. <laughs> no actual crimes were committed. I don't encourage any of the behaviors that I just admitted to. I've never owned a shotgun, right? Steve has never done the thing with the film cap and the Alka-Seltzer. Oh, no, I've totally done that for real. Yeah. And when your father came home after a long, hard day of awful work and mm-hmm. his stomach is upset, he'd go to the, <laughs> the medicine cabinet and he'd find an empty fucking box and a whole bunch of film canisters in the bathtub. And then and he, he would get his shotgun, <laughs> which he did own. Don't be like either one of us kids. But okay? but he wouldn't, He don't misunderstand me, he would never use the shotgun to threaten us. He would just disappear with it in the bathroom for a long time. And then when he came out, he would be, you know, sort of white-faced and shaken. Uh-huh. And, he would, and he would slowly unload it and put it away. <laughs> How did we end this dark on the review for The Natural, Steve? The Natural, what a beautiful, inspiring movie. (laughs) Now let's allude to my father contemplating long and hard in the bathroom mirror as to whether or not he's going to kill himself. I wasn't in there. I don't know for a fact he was staring at himself in the mirror. Like he could have like been sitting on the toilet, just Uh like staring, staring into the barrel. (sighs) Got better. He got better. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. We're getting counseling, both of us. Okay, both of us, as long as it's together. Yes, it will be together, I promise. Okay. We'll find the only psychiatrist who will do couples counseling between best friends who live on opposite sides of the state via Zoom. Awesome. Then I'm totally in for it. Yeah, Awesome. I'll give him a call right now. Okay. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And thanks for listening.